Welcome to A Green Way Forward. I'm your host, David Cobb. On this program, we take a look at issues and interest to you, but specifically through the lens of the four pillars of the International Green Party movement, peace, justice, democracy, ecology. On this program, we're joined by Eve reyes Aguirre, an indigenous woman who's fought on behalf of the people and the planet for over 20 years. Born and raised in Los Angeles, Eve moved to Phoenix in 1998, where she raised four children with her husband, Billy. Eve is running for U.S. Senate as a member of the Green Party, and I'm very excited to welcome Eve Reyes-Aguirre to A Green Way Forward. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So, Eve, I had the privilege and the pleasure of actually meeting you at a movement school for revolutionaries that my colleague Melizia Figueroa and I are doing. So I got to know you a little bit. I'd like to give an opportunity for our audience to get to know you. So the way I ask the question is, tell us about who you are as a person and why you're doing the work that you do. Well, I'm a, I'm a mother of four, a soon-to-be grandmother, and I've been a community organizer and activist for about 20 years. So my, my role as a person is I moved to Phoenix, and I had a young daughter, and I started uh, volunteering for a community food bank. And through that work, um, I started kind of talking with people in the community about different issues they were having, and more specifically around uh, indigenous Mexican people, which are my own people, we talked about some of the issues around discrimination and racism that they were experiencing in their communities. Um, so working with them kind of evolved into an advocacy type role that I took on. Um, and, you know, advocacy kind of continued on, especially with the passage of SB 1070 here in Arizona, um, which of course we know is the show me your papers law. Um, and this was something that uh, caused a lot of discrimination and racism in our community here, uh, specifically before, by- Before we go on, uh, because many of our, our both viewers and listeners uh, may not be as familiar as Arizonans are, could you go a little bit deeper on uh, that particular legislation and what it actually means for people living uh, in the state of Arizona? Sure. So when the law was first um, passed, the way that the law was written was basically anybody who uh, crossed the border um, would be considered a felon by because they would be smuggling themselves into the country. Um, another part of that law um, meant that anybody driving somebody who was undocumented would also be considered uh, a criminal for transporting um, what they would call illegal aliens. Um, and then of course, there's the, uh, the show me your papers part, which basically gave the police, the Maricopa County Sheriff specifically, the authority to stop anyone at any time and ask for identification and proof of residency um, here in the US. So as you can imagine, this led to a lot of racism and discrimination and racial profiling. And I, I don't know that folks can really fully appreciate just how uh, uh, degrading and uh, outrageous that is uh, for folks to have to actually experience that on the day to day. My understanding is that you and other members of the Arizona Green Party 
uh, were actually organizing against the passage of that legislation. That's correct. And we actually filed, uh, the organization I work with at the time was uh, filed a lawsuit along with several other organizations against the state of Arizona, as well as uh, the Justice Department as well did the same against the state of Arizona. We had most of the law overturned uh, except for just one portion of it. So we were successful in that in that regard. But um, of course, this led to years and years of fear mongering in our community, which really is kind of how I got into advocacy work. Um, being able to kind of uh, be there for community members who are experiencing this kind of racism and, and uh, teaching know your rights workshops and that that sort of thing kind of empowered me more, especially when I saw mothers and, and parents of small children who are the same age as my children that were being separated and needlessly. You're listening to A Green Way Forward. I'm your host, David Cobb. We're speaking with Eve Reyes-Aguerri, who is an indigenous woman from Arizona who is running for U.S. Senate on the Green Party ticket. You know, uh, Eve, one thing I'd like to give you a chance to do uh, is to talk specifically about your campaign for the U.S. Senate. What are some of the key issues that you're running on? Well, you know, one of the major issues is, of course, the whole immigration issue. I think it's important for us to not look at uh, these families as uh, as a scapegoat. I think we really need to start looking at what's causing migration patterns and how the U.S. policies and trade agreements are responsible for these types of migration patterns. Um, when we're looking at policies such as uh, the U.S. has a policy called the Merida Initiative, which gives um, which was to help the Mexican government against the narco traffickers. Um, but unfortunately, what's happened is it's caused an influx of crime um, because the government is in collusion with, with these traffickers and, and they're violating the human rights of their citizens, which if you talk to many of these families who are fleeing from the South, they'll tell you that they're fleeing from violence and militarization of the police. Another issue is, um, of course, trade agreements. So while the U.S. corporations are benefiting um, by by uh, taking their business into Mexico for cheap labor, it's those farmers and other uh, manufacturers out of business. And so these people have no way of, of providing for their families. So in my opinion, I feel like they really are economic refugees coming north just to look for work. Folks, I want to remind you that we are available as a podcast. We're also available on Facebook as a live stream. If you're listening or watching live, you can ask a comment, make a comment or ask a question, and we'll get that directly uh, to Eve. Eve, I'm really glad that you brought up the U.S. foreign policy and its role in basically forcing this migration, creating economic refugees. It's especially interesting to me now because, of course, we know that the North American Free Trade Agreement, uh, NAFTA, uh, literally forced the Mexican government uh, to uh, change its own constitution and to abolish the ejidos. Can you share with viewers and listeners what the ejidos are and the role that they once played under the Mexican constitution? I'm sorry, David, you broke up a little bit on me. Can you repeat uh that? Yes, uh, the, the role that the ajidos and the, uh, the, the, the ability to communally own land 
and have it protected under the Mexican constitution that had actually been the supreme law of the land in Mexico ever since the revolution and how that was changed to accommodate NAFTA. Right. Well, I think the first peoples who are really affected by these kinds of changes in policy are indigenous peoples of Mexico. So they've had these lands. These were were lands that belonged to their people inherently. And, um, you know, these corporations were coming in. What was happening was that the government was uh, very much um, in favor of having extractive industries, co corporations coming in because they were benefiting from it financially. And so now these farmers and families and uh, pe indigenous peoples who were on these territories were being forced out and displaced, which again, caused an influx of, of migration. And so the fact that they uh, were looking to protect this kind of thing is 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 a big deal. Um, I think the other thing is uh, it's important to mention that the GMO corporations specifically were coming into Mexico and poisoning them with their GMO corn, which is something that the the people fought hard against. So uh, Melody writes in to say the Green Party needs to get behind amazing candidates like Ibrahim Aguirre, who are running winnable campaigns. Please go to her website and donate when you can. Uh, tell us your website and we'll make sure to both put it into the comment section, uh, but also make sure that people can, who are listening on the podcast can hear it. So my website is eve, E-V-E, the number four, az.com. So please visit my website. You can find information on my social media and as well as how to sign my petition and also how to change your party affiliation if you are not uh, green or independent. Uh, if writes in to say U.S. policies and trade agreements are causing problems for the people in the U.S. and all over the world. And I really want to... Uh, to really drill down uh, on this idea of NAFTA and the role that it played because it was motivated by the foreign oil corporations, uh, by mining and other extractive destructive industries because the ajido arrangement of, understand, of communal ownership of land, and I put ownership in my imaginary quotation marks because the, many indigenous in fact, most indigenous did not think that they owned the land. They thought that they were part of the land. So they would not and were completely unwilling to enter into uh, contracts for oil uh, extraction. I don't call it exploration. Let's call it what it is. It's not production. It's extraction. Uh, they, would, they were literally refusing to commodify Mother Earth that sustained them. So NAFTA uh, was a assault not only on indigenous rights and culture, it was also an assault on Mexican sovereignty. And it was the beginning of the neoliberal agenda that the Clinton administration and Democrats and Republicans in this country are really forcing all across the world. So the, the migration that uh, Eve talked about was really provoked specifically by US foreign policy. And I think it's really important that we recognize that the positions and policies of this country are having horrific consequences on actual human beings and the planet all across the world. That's right. And it's important to know that this 
this type of extraction, we won't call it exploration like you mentioned, and mining is happening more here. And we're seeing with this administration how they are deregulating and opening up public lands for further for further exploration, as you say. <laughs> but um, it's mostly for extraction. And the people have to know that though I'm an indigenous woman and an indigenous rights activist, and I've been advocating against this kind of um, extraction for years, it's important to note that it's no longer just an indigenous issue. It's no longer just affecting indigenous peoples. We're talking about water contamination. We're talking about contamination of the land, of the air, and that affects all of us who live that depend on the, the land that provides our food systems, the water that provides our drinking water, and the air that we breathe. Uranium mining dust does not discriminate against indigenous peoples or non-indigenous. It, 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 is, it is something that affects all of us. And so I really wanna drive home the point that, um, you know, these kinds of, of uh, uh, systems of, exploration and and, and uh, renewal, I mean, we're, they're not renewable, they're not sustainable, they're not sustainable to our planet, they're not sustainable to our people. Um, and they're definitely not some, it's not something that's going to be sustainable for our future generations. And, and I think it's really important to note that. William writes in to say, I'll be knocking on doors for Eve very soon. So already, uh, you got volunteers who are stepping up uh, to Melody's challenge. You know, Eve, uh, I really appreciate also how uh, you are speaking from an uh, indigenous cosmological worldview and reminding us that these policies are not merely impacting and affecting indigenous people. You know, one of the people that you and I both know, uh, Chris Peters, uh, often says, you know, remember that all human beings come from indigenous stock. There was a time where every single person listening to my voice or watching uh, this video, our ancestors were once living in an ecologically sustainable way. We were living in watersheds. Uh, we were actually living in a relationship with not only other human beings, but the natural world and ecosystem as well. And at the end of the day, we have to understand that the current way that we're living on planet Earth is literally destroying and commodifying the earth faster than she can replenish herself. There, That will not continue. So it is going to change. And it's either going to change because of a catastrophic collapse or we're going to transition into a new way of being or what uh, I, Chris reminds me is actually remembering our old way of being. Absolutely. and And... I mean, the fact that we have to try to find new ways of extracting these resources, for example, via fracking, um, it's because we're at the bottom of the barrel. There is no more oil to extract. And so they have to find other ways of extraction, um, which tells us that this is not something that's going to be sustainable, that we need to look at other ways um, of providing our, our country with energy without contaminating um, the land and the resources that we as human beings depend on. Uh, folks, you're listening to A Green Way Forward. I'm your host, David Cobb, speaking with Eve Reyes-Aguirre, running for U.S. Senate in Arizona. If you enjoy this conversation, make sure to share this podcast 
with your family and friends. Use your own social media platforms. If you're watching it on Facebook, make sure to comment, like, and share this. Remember, we're building an audience outside of the corporate media control, and the only way we're doing it is with people like you. Eve, it doesn't surprise me at all that uh, executive producer Michael O'Neill, who is a uh, Green Party organizer in the state of New York, uh, has a very concrete question for you. So Michael O'Neill, I'll invite you onto the program to ask Eve your question directly. Hey, Eve. Hey, hey Dave. Uh, thank you so much uh, for being on. Uh, we've got people who are talking about how they're going to help out with your campaign. And we've, of course, we always have Greens who want to know what they can do to support you right now. So in perusing your website, I see that you are petitioning to get on the ballot. Uh, what are some people, what are, what are things that people can do to help you with this phase of your campaign? Well, I think the most important thing is for people to definitely share um, anything that you find on my campaign or about the issues that I'm, I'm running on. Um, and I feel that that's really important because, you know, mainstream media is not knocking down my door and they are not promoting me. As a matter of fact, there was an article that came out a few days ago um, in the Arizona Republic that talked about U.S. Senator candidates. And I was specifically excluded. And uh, from, from backdoor sources, I was told it's because I'm I'm not seen as a viable candidate because I don't have enough fundraising efforts in place. And the fact that we're looking at our political system and um, our viable candidates by how much money they make, I think that's something that needs to change. It We shouldn't be focused on um, whoever has the most money is going to be the winner. I mean, that makes absolutely no sense. And I think that's the kind of change that we need to, to start making happen within our own minds. Um, but in regards to the question, I absolutely would appreciate anybody to share my information on social media. Just like in Standing Rock, we made it an, an international issue via social media we had to report on our own issues. And I feel like this campaign, I want to run the same way. I don't want to depend on mainstream media to do it for me. I really think that it's we, the people, who are responsible for making sure that we're informed about, about these types of issues. And, and of course, you know, the people who are trying to make changes. Great. And, and you know, go, go ahead, ahead Michael. All right, I'll go ahead. Uh, and, and about roughly how long do you have to, to get the petitions that you need, the signatures that you need to get on the ballot? Uh, in your state, yeah, I'm about I'm about halfway there, and okay. I have until May to turn in my my uh, all of my signatures. Excellent. And so, do they need to be registered to vote in Arizona, or just reside in Arizona? No, you do have to be a registered voter in Arizona, and you may be registered as Green, Independent, or No Party affiliated. Okay. All the more reason, folks, to register into the Green Party uh, if you're in Arizona specifically so that you can support Eve. But regardless of what state you live in, I'll make the specific, appe specific appeal to register green because your party registration is a way to add your voice to the chorus of people calling for peace, justice, democracy, and ecological sustainability every single day. Your registration into the Green Party is a categorical rejection of the capitalist economic system. It is a categorical rejection of the white supremacist culture in which we're living. It is a categorical rejection of the exploitation and, uh, and oppression. But even more importantly, it is an embrace of a new vision, a new way of conducting ourselves on planet Earth. And 
Eve, as you know, from the Movement School for Revolutionaries, I talk about the need to literally restructure our society uh, and try to make revolution uh, a conversation that just is common sense and doesn't have to be scary. Absolutely. I, I absolutely agree with you. I think I've come, what I've come across is a lot of people, you know, like-minded that are consider themselves progressive Democrats who have told me, why haven't, why don't you run as a Democrat? You may have a better chance of winning. And, you know, in, Really, I honestly believe that we need to get out of this duopoly system. I think that history has shown that this these duopoly, this or actually it's almost a monopoly because they're both <laughs> both parties really do kind of cater to corporate the corporate America, not the people. And I really feel like we need to get away from that. The problem is, you know, we have people who uh, in their words are, you know, kind of fear moving away from what they're used to and what they know. And I, I think it's exactly that kind of fear that is keeping us stuck in this position of not moving forward and progressing. The richer are getting richer, the poorer are getting poorer, our planet is dying, and you know nothing is getting better. And, and as a matter of fact, I think things are only getting worse. And I really feel like we need to get out of the box that they put us in. And we need to start thinking there are other options out there. And we we, sh we should be afraid not of, of change, but we should be what reality we're living in right now. That's That's the truth is that we really do need to start looking at other options. And we really have no more time. Layla writes in to say elections should not be based on who can spend the most money. That's what one of those, uh, well, duh, right? Like it's, and thank you, Layla, for that. But, but I think that it's, uh, you know, I look, I look around at the society in which we live, Eve, and I, uh, almost every single problem that I can think of has a fairly obvious solution but they're not being implemented because we, the people, don't actually control our own government. We are not able, through a democratic process, to actually implement solutions that actually exist. And that's the reason that I appeal to people to actually get engaged in social change work. We have to make changes where we live, work, and play. And that includes, not, not exclusively, but it most definitely includes getting out of that two-party system, leaving the corporate capitalist political parties of both the Democratic and Republican Party and getting in to independent political formations. You know, Michael O'Neill, uh, ever the organizer that he is, uh, has another concrete question for you. Michael O'Neill, come on in. Well, uh, Eve, just in terms of like your vision for how you want to run a statewide campaign, um, how do you imagine yourself getting to different regions of the state? And what are some of the uh, different issues that are affecting different regions of, of the state and uh, how you're looking to inspire local greens throughout Arizona? Well, I think the the way that I'm doing it is all through grassroots donations. Um, I've been getting individual contributions, which I am absolutely grateful for. Um, I haven't done a concrete like fundraising online um, 
uh, campaign because really, I mean, I've been a grassroots organizer for 20 years. We literally work with nothing. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I feel like this work has to get done no matter what, how, whatever means. And so the fact that people are actually donating um, on their own accord is really humbling for me. I'm really grateful because it shows me that there are people who believe in the work and who believe in change. Um, some of the issues that I'm focusing on here in Arizona definitely are environmental. Um, and, and like I said, uh, you know, it, they are indigenous issues because indigenous peoples are being affected first. One of the major issues um, you know, around extractive industries, of course, where we we all know um, that this administration is is trying to mine the Grand Canyon and our Havasupai elders who who are our Havasupai relatives, I should say, who are living at the bottom of the Grand Canyon are the ones who will be affected first um, by the uranium poisoning that will go into their water systems. But what people don't understand is that those water systems connect to the Colorado River Shed, which is the main water source that we depend on here in Phoenix, specifically and in Arizona. Um, you know, this is, is our drinking water. Um, some of the other issues are around uh, transportation of, of uranium dust, you know, the uranium, the dust gets in the air. It's, it's not just, like I said, it doesn't discriminate just to indigenous peoples. Unfortunately, the transporting of it happens on the Navajo reservation. And so uh, the, the, the effects of that and the cancer rates have risen quite a bit amongst the Navajo nation because of uh, uranium dust and the, and the contamination of their water and soil. So these are just a few of the issues. Of course, there's so many other, um, you know, of course, I'm, I'm very interested in, in healthcare and education, but I also want to bring forward issues that most candidates aren't talking about. And, and some of the other things are around, um, you know, prison reform, um, restorative justice. I mean, we have a lot of people that I personally have spoken to who, when I try to engage them, say, well, I, I can't vote, you know, I, I don't have that right anymore. And I, and, you know, my voice doesn't count. And I said, well, you may not have a right to vote, but your voice does count because you are part of the public. And I am running to be a public servant. And in that way, I do need to hear from you because these issues affect you. Um, and I'm, and I'm talking anything from, from, um, you know, people who have, who have committed crimes, who have done their time, but continuously are continuously um, uh, uh, being um, pu punished by not allowing to get a job, which then, of course, leads to homelessness, which, which leads to more and more issues. Um, and, and these are not things that just affect these individuals. It affects our communities. And so I really want to drive home that there are other issues that people are not talking about on a national level that need to be addressed. Discriminatory policing, you know, that's another issue is that we're seeing how our police are being militarized and um, there's no accountability. There really isn't. I, I'm, I'm really for looking at some kind of um, citizen review board. Um, you know, if, if I as a citizen shoot a gun there's an investigation that happens there's there's a whole process you know and and it's not done by my family <laughs> you know it's done by an outside agent right and so i feel like we need to have the same accountability for our police officers i get an i get that they're putting their lives on the line and i do understand that their job is very difficult however i do feel like 
that we do need to have some kind of a accountability when it comes to how we police our, our citizens. Another well, example of just the sort of common sense approaches uh, to governance that uh, Eve Reyes Aguirre is proposing. Uh, I do want to say that uh, Christopher has written in to say, I greatly appreciate that you're addressing the eminent issue of ecocide as well as the human right to our common heritage uh, on planet Earth. Uh, he says, I will be watching your campaign and looking to figure out how I can help. So I do want to uh, just share that a bit of affirmation and appreciation for your work, Eve. You know, the, the time just flew by. I do want to give you a chance, though, uh, for any final closing thoughts that you have, Eve. Well, I, my closing thoughts are this. We need to stand up. We need to fight back. It may not happen with this election. It may not happen with the next, but we have to keep fighting and we have to fight for change. Our future generations depend on it. And I really feel it's important for us to get involved at every level, um, advocate at every level, whether it's at your city council, whether it's on a, a state level, a national level, and even an international level, fighting at the UN. I think that's so important. I think our voices need to be heard and we need to, we need to utilize these avenues that are afforded to us to, to uplift our voices. So as always, uh, I want to give a special thank you and shout out to Michael O'Neill, who serves as a volunteer executive producer of A Green Way Forward. I want to thank E. Reyes Aguirre, the uh, guest on tonight's program and also candidate for U.S. Senate. I want to thank you, the viewer and listener, uh, who are helping to grow this audience and grow this movement. And with a hat, hat tip to Gil Scott Heron, a reminder that the revolution will not be televised, but it will be brought to you through sources of non-corporately filtered news, information, and analysis. A Green Way Forward aspires to be one of those platforms. I count on you, we count on you to share this podcast, share this Facebook live stream, make comments, talk to each other, use every tool in the toolbox to peacefully restructure this society. Thank you all for joining us. Keep on keeping on. Peace.